the Buddha, it seems, uh, was um, sometimes telling stories or analogies to, um, to, to teach. And uh, there is this, the story of, um, of a quail and a hawk. I don't know if you know that story. Storytelling time. <laughs> so once there was a quail that was uh, caught by a hawk. And as the hawk was uh, flying away with the quail and its uh, paws, or however that's called. <laughs> You're Talon. Uh, how? Talon. Talon. Talon? Talon. Ah. <laughs> so the, the, the quail was um, stuck in uh, the hawk's talons, and uh, the quail said, um, if I had stayed in my domain, he would not have caught me but I wandered away from my domain. And the hawk was, what is your domain? Well, my domain is the, where there's little rocks and little lumps of earth that I can hide behind, you know. And the hawk said, okay. You go back to your domain. I'll catch you anyway. <laughs> so the quail went back to its domain and at some point was standing on a little rock or lump of earth, you know. And the hawk saw the quail and like this. But the quail saw the hawk and said, oh, he's coming. And just at the last minute, went uh, behind the rock or lump of earth. And, uh, and the hawk crashed. This is the Buddha who tells the story. Um, and he uses that uh, story or analogy to um, to talk about about us and um, some of our suffering and misery we find ourselves in, and he says, you know, we leave our domain, and then we get caught, you know, in the, all kinds of stories uh, in our heads and all kinds of emotion and trapped uh, in the talons of emotions of. Uh, afflictive emotions and uh, inviting us not to abandon or leave our domain and so in his teaching he says so what is our domain our domain is uh, what he calls the, the foundations of mindfulness the aspects of our lives that we're invited to be aware of as they are happening. So this domain of mindfulness uh, is, um, yes, circumscribed in the present. This idea has been uh, uh, presented before here. So it's in the present. And the domain would be attention to um, the physical experience. The Buddha teach, as I think uh, many of you know, teach things that are seem incredibly simple, almost like too simple 
like being aware of the posture we're in while we're in this posture. Sitting, know you're sitting. Standing, know you're standing. That seems like very, very basic, right? Um, But being invited to do that for me highlighted the fact that most of the time I actually don't know. I'm sitting and I'm later in the past. What the, you know, all kinds of consideration. The last thing that I will consider is the fact that I'm sitting right now. It seems irrelevant to me. I don't value this so much. Or the fact that I'm uh, walking or standing. And so the Buddha teaches that. So what should be your domain? Where should you hang out? Where should, what should your attention land on? Before starting uh, practicing for me, uh, what I would have valued, like where my attention should land on, is my thoughts. Everything I think about, this was of value to me. And going for the first time on a retreat and hearing this was surprising to me. Oh, yeah, your thoughts, yeah, you could. The content of your thinking, yeah. It might be overvalued (laughs) a lot of the time. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) My thought, maybe somebody else's thought, but my thought. They're fascinating. I'm, I'm enamored with my thoughts, you know, and I adhere to my thoughts. You know, you give me a thought and I adhere. I will follow it, as I was saying earlier. And the Buddha is suggesting here to be aware of posture. And you could think, oh yeah, to improve it. No, that's not exactly yoga. It's, it's just to be aware kind of basic non-confusion, you know, to know where we are, we're here now. Often, I don't know if it's the case for you, but often I don't know where I am. I think I'm having this fight with somebody, you know, or trying to fix this, but I'm just sitting here. So that's kind of basic uh, clarity, or basic delusion to not know where we are when we're there. So the domain is the body, the the posture of the body, lying down, standing, walking, the activities of the body, to know that we're doing something while we're doing it. It's not often the case for me. Maybe more, more than before. But often I do something so I'm on the other side of having done it. Do you recognize something in there? Like I do something so it's done, it's finally done and I can do something else and I'm doing things so I I'm, I'm keep valuing later, later. And that's something that is worth being questioned. You know, what do I put value in later, later, when this is done, when I'm there, when I've achieved that, you know. And the fragmentation, the disconnection that can Uh, come out of this, not valuing what is actually happening. Yeah, the disconnection that can be felt, um, the sense of separation, because the thing that has value is later when I'll be back home or when this task is finished, when I'm finally this one, this improved 
project. So there's, yeah, this fragmentation, separation that I can feel always a little behind or not quite uh, the right place. But also there's information that I'm not uh, connecting, receiving by devaluing what is actually happening here now and valuing my thoughts about things, my ideas. And so the Buddha is inviting us to be aware of um, activities of the body, postures. So this is what we're doing here. This is the instructions we'll be, are receiving and will be receiving. Uh, aware of maybe the breath, aware of experiences at the sense doors, the experience of hearing, of silence, of sound. All things that to me, yeah, didn't have so much value before. What's coming next? What might happen? What might have happened? What should have happened? This had a lot of value. But what is here now? I'm not sure that I was giving it that much value. And so this is the domain the Buddha talks about. So kind of the material world, you could say, of the world of what it is felt in the body, posture, activities, breath, sensations, experiences at the sense doors. Part of the domain of what the Buddha, uh, what the Buddha is inviting us to be aware of is, um, is uh, the experiences of pleasure and displeasure when they are happening or their absence. And here the design of the retreat is for us to use all these things that are happening in the here and now uh, as a domain of exploration. So if something pleasant happens, then if I remember the instructions of the Buddha, there will be a kind of, oh, tune in, tune in. Is it possible to experience this pleasure consciously? Oh, there's some, I don't know, I come outside, suddenly there's something in the air or kind of silence, or body moving around slowly, or something in the tree, some stillness, or some temperature, and suddenly it's, I don't know if it's sweet or nice, or, ah, let me experience this, consciously, lucidly, when Maybe sometimes I would depart. I should move in the country. Yeah, I'm done with the city. (laughs) Do you see? So suddenly I start to value my constructions around the event. What I project or... Yeah, the constructions around... And here, the domain, that's where we could get caught by the hawk, you know. Yeah, why have have I spent the first four decades of my life in a city or it's a very bad choice, you know. <laughs> and suddenly in the talons talons? In the talons of an afflictive emotion. And the instruction of staying in the domain is oh if there's something lovely happening, see if you can stay with it. Allow it to arise, be experienced. 
and maybe morph into something or expand or vanish suddenly. So staying close to experiences in the body, experiences of pleasure, displeasure, or their absence. Let's say I'm sitting here, there's not much happening, it seems. So no displeasure, no strong displeasure. I'm talking about the maybe the first minute of a sit <laughs> before it starts to <laughs> press or ache. So there's not much happening, uh, not particularly pleasant or unpleasant. And the domain would be to actually become curious about it. Oh, not much. And my habit might be to, oh, there's not much happening. What about next week? What, what, what am I going to do next week when I go back with this problem? Don't let me hear with not much happening. It's not juicy enough. Let me get hooked on something either pleasurable that I could desire, that would be better, or something to resolve. Can I stay here in this experience of... Uh, absence of pleasure or displeasure. Or when there is displeasure, can I be there? Is it possible to be there and experience this with, I don't know what, maybe some amount of patience or curiosity or care, compassion, when I could depart. It's going to be like this all my life. Very natural, these things that I'm describing. This is never going to end. I'm here for a week. It's unpleasant, you know. And then, whoops, in the talons of the hawk. So the instructions here is very delicate. It's not easy. We're probably going to get caught a few times. But it's good to know the domain. Oh, so what's happening here now? Oh, it's unpleasant now. Part of this domain also is uh, yeah, the mind states, the moods that we experience. And over the days here, we're going to kind of unfold this slowly, gradually. But I'm giving a kind of an overview. So the domain that we're invited to investigate is the domain of the present. As it shows up, as uh, things arise in the body, sitting, standing, laying down, walking, as we are doing activities, eating, uh, opening doors, putting on clothes. Can we be there as these things are happening that we usually maybe don't care so much about? You know, I care about being on the other side of the door. The opening the door, Pascal, I don't care about. Well, let's do this experiment as we're in this laboratory here. We have time. Let's see if we can be there as we're opening the door or moving objects around in the room. Even be kind of extreme in our research by slowing down a little bit just to get out of habit so that we do maybe some of the same things we do in life, grab a cup, sit in a chair, but do it mindfully, meaning being there for the experience as it's happening. Because there's a lot, I think, of information hidden there. 
that we can discover. In a way, this is the domain. The body, posture, activities of the body, breath, sensations, sensory experience at the sense doors, staying close to, close to. One way to talk about it is to extend the moment of contact with reality. You know how you know, we'll make a step and then we know how to walk so I can go back to everything that's wrong with my life. And here we're saying, oh, yes, that's an option. <coughs> Definitely an option. Sometimes not an option. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> but there's maybe another way we can go about this. So stepping, and instead of departing, staying with the next step, and the next step, and then the stopping, and the turning, staying, and see what we can gain or discover from doing this. Yeah, so that's the domain uh, here. So I'm talking about the, in, in a way I'm talking about what we're invited to pay attention to. Huh? What we're invited to pay attention to, to what is happening presently. The experiences in the body, or the environment, or the mood, or mind states, emotions that are there. Like right now, there is mind states. In each one of us there is a mind state. It can be unknown, it can be habitual, it can be not liked or liked. And here what we're invited to do is to become aware of, just aware of. Huh. So what's the mind state? For many of us, I think I would describe it as tuning in. You know, if I can put it in mind states or qualities of mind or attitudes. So to just be aware. Oh, so tuning in is very different than tuning out or being enraged. Or maybe, well, sometimes there is an experience of confusion. Oh, confusion. Or curiosity or dejection. Or a strong desire to not be or not be here or not be this one or be somewhere else. And so here the domain of exploration is to become aware of it, maybe name it. Oh. Strong desire to be home now. Really enjoy the re first hours of the retreat. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, want to be home now. Okay. So instead of being taken for a ride into this, to be, to adhere, to be duped, in a way, by this, or under the spell of this, to become aware of, aware of. So incredibly simple, huh? Not easy, but sim simple in a way. That's what we're invited to do, to just be aware. Oh, feel like this right now. Oh, experiencing this sensation right now. Taking it in, taking it in. 
And don't worry if you do, or if you do, notice you do. What we're saying here is not that this is the whole path, you know, that we're just going to learn to take in. Oh, Buddhists, that, is that what they do? They just receive. Oh, it's like this. We're doing this, we're practicing this, so that we can open the feedback loop, that we can feel a little bit more what is truly happening underneath our ideas, preconceived ideas, assumptions, conceptions, constructions. So we can feel a little bit better what is happening in order to engage in our lives, in order to make maybe better decisions, in order to respond creatively. So it's for creativity to be there, it's for integrity to be there. So that's why we're practicing here, receiving the information from the environment, from inside, with great care, with great attention, with high-quality attention, instead of superficial attention, as many of us habitually have, you know. We see something, ah, I don't like, I don't like. Let's stay here for a moment. Stay here. Oh, yeah. It's feel, to feel a little bit more. I like one of the definitions of uh, mindfulness that um, I heard a few years ago from Kamala Masters, who is a dear teacher who teaches here and in other places. Um, and she, uh, she was saying, she said, because that's what I'm doing here a little bit now, I'm talking about mindfulness or sati, the word in Pali. I'm trying to define this a little bit for us. So there is the what we're attentive to. And there is also the how, how we're experiencing, invited to experience the body or the environment or the moods and qualities of mind that show up at different times. The irritation, the frustration, the shame, the joy, the playfulness that is there inside of us. during the retreat or our lives. And so Kamala Master says something like, just enough energy to experience consciously a phenomena. Just enough energy to experience consciously a phenomena, to know it clearly. Just enough energy, I like that. Something very, that to me is an instruction. That's how I hear it for myself here. Oh, when we go back to the formal practice of sitting, standing, walking, or eating, Pascal, is it possible to do this or play with this a bit? Just enough energy, just enough energy to experience clearly a, an event or a phenomena, a thing happening in the body or in the heart mind, just enough energy. And then Kamala says, just enough energy to experience something clearly. 
Not like we do with things we fear or want. That's different, huh? We, it's not just, just enough energy to know it. It's, I grab it. I don't like it. You know, like, do you recognize a little bit of what I'm talking about? I like it. Will, I, will it happen again? Can I keep it? Oh my God, it's great. You know, this is a different kind of energy. Here we're trying something else. Just enough en- energy to touch or be touched, depending on how it shows up, you know, to, to experience the thing clearly. Just enough to know, to know it. Oh, a taste. A good taste. Oh, what's the recipe? Is there more? You know, that's a different kind of energy. And it will happen here. It's very, very natural that it would, you know. Or if there is some, I don't know, some discomfort in the body or in the relationships or in a relationship that we have here, you know. Oh, uneasy, not easy being here with this sensation or with what just happened here, you know. Can this be known? Just enough attention to energy to connect with this, to feel this, the ouch, or the tingling, or the stepping, or the in-breath. It's pretty delicate. And we have a few days to find our way into this, because first we arrive here with, I don't know you, but I usually come to retreat with you know, my opinion and my wants and my expectations and my, you know, how it should be. And, you know, so it's to touch things delicately <laughs> takes a little time. You know, I have to calm down a bit, find my bearings, you know. And then maybe suddenly there's one breath that I can feel in this way, you know, when in breath. Ah, okay. Or a couple of steps and then opinions again, you know, oh, I should have gone over there to walk or I'd prefer to have tea now or how long have we been walking? Probably too long now, you know. And just to come back, oh, how can I do this? Just experience the wind on the face very simply, directly, just enough energy to connect with something, to experience it knowingly, lucidly, consciously. This is a a way to dive underneath preconceived ideas again. To discover what is really happening, truly. I think, uh, yeah, we cannot let uh, others define us. We cannot let others define us. And we cannot let our own limiting views define us or internalize whatever the message we got, you know. So to actually dive under these ideas uh, is worth it, liberating, not easy, delicate work. And the retreat is made for this, to dive underneath uh, what other might we, what other, what messages we receive from other, and what messages 
or beliefs or conditioning we have about ourselves. This is what we call, I think, insight, wisdom. Or I think of it also as inner ethics, integrity. And so by paying attention in these ways to these domains, careful attention, humble, patient, curious, friendly attention, wow, that's a lot. You know, it's going to move from these, you know, and we're going to lose it and find it again. But over the course of the retreat, we might be able to stabilize or have inner references. That's mostly how it works for me anyway. By having that kind of attention, by experiencing it, I, I have references that are not conceptual. It's not that I read about mindfulness. I've, I have, it's in my body, in my bones or guts, or I don't know where, but there's a, I have a reference, a lived reference of what it is to pay attention to something with care. And so as I have a reference, it's easier maybe to go back there, to find the pathway there, or to experience it again. And then I can discover uh, what is what. And I've heard about, at the time of the Buddha, um, so this practitioner, Soma, um, so they were practicing in the forest, Soma was practicing in the forest. You see how this being had dived under preconceived ideas and had clarity uh, and discernment because practicing in the forest um, it says that uh, you might know in, in, in Buddhist stories there's a character named Mara that is the kind of the tempter or the the character that represents the afflictive emotions, what brings the afflictive emotions. So Mara comes to Soma practicing in the forest and says to Soma, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think you're trying to do here? This is ridiculous walking back and forth, completely ridiculous. Do you, th- do you really think a woman can achieve enlightenment or any kind of wisdom? And Soma replies, women are completely able to achieve enlightenment. They have concentration, clarity, all this is available to women. And if you want to mess up with somebody, go see somebody who think they're a woman or a man, not me. Two thousand six hundred years ago. 
saying, I know exactly who I am, and you might project something on me, but that's not my experience. And I've gone far enough inside to have clarified this for myself. I'm not shaken by your projections or ideas, limiting views about me. And to me, this is the inner work of going to see what is what? What has value? What is real? I remember a few years ago I was in a museum in um, in, in the Netherlands, uh, and there was an um, installation. Is that the way you say it in English? By Louise Bourgeois, who's one of our allies, and. Um, I was really struck by this installation. And this installation was um, a cage. And inside the cage, and by the way, the door of the cage was open. So there was a cage, door open. There was a character in the middle of the cage. And the character, to me, so I'm talking about my experience of the, of the uh, piece of work or... And then the character was made min- mainly as a, a turd, like the shape of, you know, the a turd. You know, the one we have as an emoji, kind of, but three-dimensional, with legs, with human legs. And this turd person were looking at themselves in the mirror. There was a mirror in front of this uh, being. That was mainly it. (laughs) And when I saw it, again, this is my experience of it. I don't know what exactly Louis Bourgeois meant. uh, But my experience of it was like, wow. This is a a creation of the mind. It's an artist who created something. There's no turd. There's no cage. You know, it's... I don't know what the cage was made of, but it's, you know, it's, it's a concept. It's a creation of the mind. Somebody built the thing, but it's... A, it's a, so there's, it's, it's all made up. But it seems like the person thinks they're a turd, and they're fascinated by their image in the mirror so that they can't see, they can walk out of the cage, <laughs> or that they're not even a turd, you know? <laughs> And so they're there just thinking, what am I going to do with myself? What am I going to do with myself? <laughs> you know? And insight or wisdom or discernment reveals that, honey, the, the door is open, you can walk out. It's a construction of mind, there's no turd. <laughs> Looking at themselves is just, uh, do you see what I mean? It doesn't exist. How amazing is that? You know, in delusion, one could spend lifetimes 
wondering what they're going to do with this turd, fascinated, kind of enamored with this image, and stuck there, stuck there. And so to me, when I saw this, I was like, wow, that's ex- exactly the, my experience just here as I saw, see this, uh, uh, this piece of art is exactly the experience of uh, meditation. To actually sit or stand or lay down or walk and just pay attention, pay attention, and suddenly the view starts to change. What is thought as real shows itself as something else, a construction of the mind maybe, a belief, a conditioning. Do you see the potential of freedom in there? To actually believe you're a turd or to discover that it's a play of mind. Wow. And so the way to let go of the wrong view, erroneous view, afflictive perception, projection, is to just pay attention to discover what is actually happening here? So, assumptions about ourselves, the world. Here we do this uh, exploration in a very, very minute way. First, we bring the highest quality attention possible and we cultivate it. It's an attention that, uh, what are its qualities? This kind of attention um, is maybe a little bit more generous if we want to think like this. There are probably other ways to think about it. But it's, uh, it's a, an attention that is fully given. You know, because I could be here and say, oh, okay, there, you're asking me to be with my breath or the sounds. I'll do it, but I still think about the rest of all that's coming. But mindfulness or sati actually says, no, let, let me give full attention to this. So there's a generosity to it, maybe. There's um, something I appreciate a lot about it is there's a freshness to it. So diving under assumptions to me means I let go of my ideas about something and I meet it as if for the first time. For the first time, actually. So I'm so um, indebted. It's one way to put it to one of my teacher's first teacher would often, so often repeat, and I'm so thankful that I could hear it because I could have not hear, heard it. But he was saying, hey, every 45 minutes or so, it seems, he would say, we would be a group of us, and he would say, hey, hey, we've never 
been here now before. And over a few years, you know, and we would always meet at this, in the same space, you know. It's like, well, we were here in December, it's February, you know. And he would always say this, like, hey, we've never been here now before. It's the first time ever that we're here now. And every time he did this, my mind would open just a little bit enough to dive under preconceived ideas. We've been here. I know what it's like to be here. Freshness. Wow. And then the idea was to bring this suddenly to breath. Never experienced an in-breath before. Never heard a sound before now before what is the experience of hearing huh being embodied what is the experience of being embodied it's the first time i experience it now there's i don't know if i'm using sometimes i'm using a word i'm not sure it's the right word in english but uh, this, i don't know how it works but often it works <laughs> But there's some kind of uh, salvation in there. Especially if you're on a retreat where you you know the schedule is something like walk, sit, walk, sit, <laughs> sit, walk, sit, walk, <laughs> sit, walk, sit. Freshness is really helpful. <laughs> so when sitting, because if you come with, uh, no, another sit, that's really painful and very natural that this thought or attitude would be present. Very, very, very human, very natural. And maybe there's a possibility here and there when the conditions are right, you know, to, hey, I've never been, I've never sat before. It's the first time I sit now. Or I've never been me. What is it like to be what I call me here now? And so, sati, mindfulness, has fullness to it. It gives itself fully to the event that it's knowing. It's not keeping some attention to given to, to give to something else. It has maybe freshness to it, or it will be developed along the way. It also has duration. It stays. It stays with. So duration, it, it not only like touches what is happening, but it stays a little bit longer. So maybe you'll be, we'll be able to play with this this week. How can we stay for the whole movement of the foot that lands? And can we even stay for the one that lifts and pushes and drops? Or as I feel the call, oh, can I stay with the experience? Instead of, you know, fall is coming, winter is coming, God, you know, talons, hawk. You know, can I stay with the experience of cold, coolness, with freshness? Oh, I've never experienced cold now before. So the freshness, the duration 
the fullness of quality the given it's known also as many of you know to be non-judgmental it's not judging what's happening it's curious about it oh, look at that it's turning sour oh look at that curious uh, non-judgmental non-acquisitive it's not trying to get something which sometimes our attention is like this it's attentive in order to get so I think for me maybe not for you but for me and a few others this takes at, I would think a, a good first decade of playing with mindfulness before it releases some of its acquisitiveness you know really interested by what is not what should be or could be there's a renunciation we renounce what could be or should have been and we become really interested in what is what is here i should feel otherwise or i'd like to feel otherwise no how is it how does it feel now it feel it feels awkward or I feel off, or whatever the word would be in that moment. I'd like to feel like things are flowing, but it doesn't feel like this. It feels a little different right now. Oh, awkward. Feels like this. Can this be known just as it is? So not trying to acquire something else or judging what is there, but curious about what is here. So we use everything that is happening here, like local events or phenomenon. Sometimes it's uh, walking, sometimes standing, sometimes eating, drinking, resting. We don't have to create something else. We think that what is happening in the course of a retreat at any moment is plenty of matter. To It's enough reality to attend to. Because it has as a feature to be pleasant or unpleasant or neutral or it's felt in the heart or in the body. So it can be known, not so much thought about, analyzed or described, but experienced consciously. Just bringing that little quality of presence to, awake to. And then it Whatever it is, it will reveal something in time. Yeah, I think that's what I have to say. I can share right now. So let's just take a moment just where we are. You can adjust the posture if you want. Or not. 
in the same way that uh, the one we called the Buddha paid attention, very close attention, in order to discover who he was really, what really had value outside of norms. dominant group thinking or values in the same way that the one we call the Buddha uh, came close to experience to develop wisdom may we be able to do this here in these, I think, very supportive conditions. And may we find what truly has value and truly who we are and find the clarity that is not easily shaken Thank you for your consideration. Thank you. The evening uh, light meal will be served uh, in six or seven minutes if everything goes according to plan. (laughs) Thank you.